98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeals to coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. All right, hour number two of the show on a Thursday, and it's football. So it's uh, it's time for Lorenzo Alexander to join us here on the Lowdown. Zoe in studio. Zoe, what's going on, man? Man, you know what? I'm doing uh, really good today. Uh, blessed. Everybody's healthy, doing well. Daughter started over at Xavier Volleyball. They're 2-0. She's leading. She's a captain, doing good. And to top it all off this morning, I got my, my 66 Mustang back. Had a little <laughs> issue when it got towed. It got messed up. But I tell you what, you know, doing COVID, you know, so um, the service industry was hit in a lot of different ways. People couldn't work, and so you didn't get great service. And so I was over at this spot called Elm, Elmwood Body Works, and my man Jose over there does a great job, and he's not a plug <laughs> for him at all. But the way he treated me, setting expectations, the communication, right, taking care of things that they didn't do right and making it right, uh, I just want to say thank you and just give a shout-out to him. And then, hey, if you ever need any body work, man, go over to Elmwood. That is awesome right there. Yeah. Well done on your part, man. So, oh my goodness. Uh, you're talking about a 14 year old? Is yeah, that 14. It? 14. Yeah, yeah. First year in high school, doing really well. Obviously, made the, the freshman volleyball team captain, as I just That's mentioned. That's awesome. And it's just really cool to sit back and watch her play, watch her learn, watch her compete because she finally found her her thing. And I've always supported her. She's, you know, she's a, in the academics, so she loves to read. She loves art. She loves writing. She loves acting and singing. And for a long time, I was like, ooh, I don't know. I got two. I got two little boys, so I'm I'm good. But I, you know, you always. I, I wanted my daughter to play something so bad yeah. when she was young. Daddy, I'm sweaty. I said, Oh, he's sweaty. All right, that's we gonna get okay, sweaty. Listen, man, are you loud? Are you loud in the bleachers? Are you loud? No, I, I sit back. Um, I, I I don't say anything. I'm not. I'm not one of those parents. The only time that. I will ever say anything, and it's not even directed at the coaching. It is directed more so at, at my son or daughter if they aren't competing the right way, if they're lazy, okay. if they have a bad attitude. You know, I may say something there. Hey, get it together. That's not who we are, right? But other than that, I'm going to let a coach coach, and then I, if I'm going to be completely honest, I will mention something to the refs <laughs> from time to time. I knew it. Especially like football, but basketball. Volleyball is really – it's not, it's not that. It's, that's more of a gentleman's sport, I would say, versus those other two. But that's awesome, I will man. say something from time to time to those referees in certain sports. <laughs> uh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Zoe is here in studio. And Zoe, I want to get your thoughts on Zayvon Collins. I know this is a guy that you've talked about a lot, but now we are just over a week away from the start of the season. And I just want to start you off with this. Where do you think he is confidence-wise going into year two? Isaiah Simmons got the green dot. It probably isn't that big of a deal, but right. just what, we, what you saw from him. He played in all three preseason games. A lot of the other starters didn't. Right. I, for me, I, I still think he's unsure of himself. You know, he's moving around, getting out there. He's made some plays, but I still feel like it's not where he needs to be. And listening to you guys come in, Wolf, in regard to uh, Dennis Gardeck, right, it's almost... You made it here. Be you. Be great, right? Obviously, you want to learn and get better, but it's almost like that that scene from Black Panther. Somebody needs to say, say, hey, show them who you are, 
right and have that confidence when you fly around and play it. He gets where he needs to be, but when he gets there, it's like, am I supposed to be here? Right? It's not like that thump. Like second guessing When himself. he gets there. Yeah. So, um, and I know um, Marcus Golden had said something early on, like, man, if this dude just plays with some confidence, he's going to be really good. Yeah, you know, I think of the confidence, though. Um, that is a dicey proposition. Which comes first, right? The confidence right. or playing well? Yeah. Which one, <laughs> what actually yeah. comes first on that? And that's the question that I think Zavin right now is probably asking himself. Yeah, and I, and I, and I think some of that has to do with the guys around him, players, coaches. Just say, man, just, hey, go play free. Don't worry about making mistakes. So some of that has to occur where he has to feel like he's okay if he's not in the right spot, where they maybe not be overly critical of him. And maybe, you know, that's a hard thing to do because uh, you do want to make plays. So hopefully he can get that because right now, again, like I say, when he gets there, he's trying to use his hands, but he's not, it's not, it's missing the violence. And when you're missing the violence and the physicality, that to me says I'm thinking about where I'm supposed to be. I'm not really sure I'm supposed to be here uh, or I'm thinking on the way. So I just want to see that change. I think if he can get that at some point and hopefully, you know, it happens in these first four weeks where he gets out there, makes some plays. It may not look perfect technically, you know, like I'm talking about using your hands, getting off and using your eyes, but he gets there, blows somebody up and then just starts playing with that, that, that energy that I saw him play with, you know, the first couple of games last year when he was playing Tennessee tight is coming down i'd rather you just lay your, your, your shoulder into it make it look ugly but at least you're being impactful and forceful out there versus kind of oozing around yeah. then you don't it's like man what you doing you talked about this with the offense though of you know in the preseason if if kyler murray's gonna play then the entire offensive line's gotta play it. everybody's gotta play right mm-hmm. zavin's been playing but he's really been playing alongside a lot of twos and threes how much do you think it helps him when he's playing around the ones or does it maybe add more pressure it it, it may help him from, like, if you're out there with the other starting Mike and, and or Will Backer and, or in safeties, the communication tends to happen maybe a little bit quicker. Okay. So maybe he's a little sure in his mind. Um, but when I saw him in the games, uh, who was, I can't think of the other linebacker he was playing with a lot um, off the top of my head. Nick Vigil? It might have been Vigil. And then who's the, who's the other? Is that Neiman? No. I, I think it was Vigil. I okay. think it was, but you could see the Tanner Vigil. Vallejo. It wasn't Tanner. Okay. I know I played with Tanner in Buffalo. So it probably was Vigil. <laughs> I knew if I just yeah, kept yeah. saying somebody, you would have played with him. So I think it was Vigil. The, the <laughs> other linebacker was communicating. He was actually directing everything. And so he... I say that because he so he was out there with somebody that knew what they were doing. Yeah, he, Sometimes yeah. when you get down to like the threes, that's when you really start to, man, I don't know if that's right what he's calling. But the guy that he was out there was demonstrative. He was confident. So even if he was wrong, I'm at least listen to him because he's confident. Ain't no second guessing. Ain't move over, get over there when things were happening. So I don't think that was a, a big issue. Maybe you see some more guys or guards kind of come up on you. Maybe the D-line technique isn't as good. But I think defensively, you can kind of get away with some of that stuff because it's more I don't want to say individual based but you're kind of flying around it's not so much timing and rhythm right as much as you think when you think about offense so we we got less than a minute right now we're up against it I probably shouldn't ask this question <laughs> but I, I have to ask you this right now 
How much? I mean, what are you going to do against Kansas City? Uh, he, he's going to start. You know they're going to start him. Yeah. Uh, what do you think they do with him, though? How do you think they work the, his playing time uh, based on? Because we'll right now, I wonder how ready he really is. Right. I mean, you got to play him in base, first, second down. But so he's going to be the base linebacker. Right. But I see them playing. Uh, I'll be playing KC. So you're going to be a nickel a lot. So he may not be on the field by virtue of just the personnel that Kansas City attacks him with. Then that will limit his. His exposure to being out in space, which Kansas City wants to do to a guy like that. All right, we'll come back. We'll go around the NFL. Lorenzo's going to stick around. Aaron Donald is uh, starting to sound like Wolf. We'll explain next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show in the Lowdown. Continuing next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeals are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Time to go around the National Football League. We've got Lorenzo Alexander here. Real quick one, since it just came down in the last 20 minutes. You see the uh, Titans giving Derrick Henry an additional $2 million and, uh, and and not adding any years to his deal, which I would guess as a player, though, is, is what you want as a running back. He can still be a free agent after next season. Yeah, you got to take that all day, you know. <laughs> Doesn't happen. And twice on Sundays, as they say. (laughs) It's kind of like in March, Nate Sudfeld, right? Yeah, here, here's a million million bucks, and hey, man, we're going to cut you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That must be like a. They must be up against the. The the way the CBA works, where you got to spend so much money every year to be. In compliance. That's, I gotta find Let's give it to deals. Derek. That's yeah. easy. Let's give it to him. We know he'll earn it. <laughs> um, Aaron Donald yesterday spoke about the uh, the helmet swinging incident against the Bengals. Here was his response. Um, not really. It was just a practice, and you know, practice football. So um, I, don't, I don't really want to go back to nothing negative that happened and, and talking about something that happened at a practice. Um, my main focus is Buffalo. So. It was just practice, and it's football, Wolf. I'm pretty sure you said those exact things on this show last yeah, week. What is your take on this? Because I know you've been in a tussle or two. What is your take on this? Yeah, I mean, I've been in a tussle or two. I, I don't think I've ever <laughs> swung any helmets at anybody. Have you seen it? Uh, I've seen helmets get ripped off. I've seen face masks get ripped off. I've seen fisticuffs. You know, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody... I've seen a helmet tossed. Yes. I've seen somebody sneak somebody, which is just as, as egregious as hitting them, you know. <laughs> what do you mean sneak somebody? Sneak somebody is when we get into a disagreement, we kind of, well, you think it's, 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 it's done and over. And then when sucker you, punch and then, somebody? Yeah, and then when okay. you're not paying attention, you get smacked <laughs> out of nowhere. So, you know, I mean, and that's just as egregious as get, hitting somebody yeah, with is. a helmet, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe even worse in cowardly in some ways. Because at least the, the guy sees you trying to swing the helmet. I'm trying to move out the way. I'm not going to just stand there and let you hit me with it, right? right? <laughs> Hopefully not. So, I mean, it, it happens. I mean, was that his best moment? No. Um, 
you just have to, you know, move past it. I mean, football's a heated sport, and I know people always say, well, you got to be thinking. In the moment, man, that's the last thing. I'm like, I'm trying to do whatever I can do to this dude at this time. Um, <laughs> and I understand that, you know. And so as a guy, once you're in that past that moment, then you got to say, yeah, that, that wasn't my best moment. I got to move forward. And then, then people tend to just kind of let it go. And I also think, too, that once again, I, I say this all the time. He mentioned practice right there. Every football player knows you can never do it in a game. You do it in a game, you are hurting your team. You're, you are hurting your chances of actually winning. You And I know that you go dark. You will oh, go yeah, dark yeah. from time to time in a game. I've been there. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I've, been there I've been there as well. <laughs> right, I had yeah. one 15-yard penalty in my entire career. Thank really? you very much. Yes, one. But I will tell you, so I did go dark. I hit somebody three seconds after the whistle. Three seconds, that's a long time. Oh, Think it is. It. Somebody from the Rams play? hit me like that. Well, oh. let me tell you, he deserved <laughs> it, Zoe. He deserved it. I'll tell that story at some point in time. But you know what? Every player knows you can't do it in a game because you could get ejected from that game. That hurts your team right there. You get a, a penalty, that hurts your team. You're going to get fined. It hurts your team, period. So, to me, every player knows you can't do it in a game, but in practice, you know the context you're in. Right. And many times, when you go dark in practice and know that that, that governor isn't on you anymore, you'll take a swing. Oh, yeah. and I, But I, I know this. As the NFL starts moving more towards airing these type of practices, right? You got the cameras and all that yeah. out there. The image of what happens back, you know, years ago, I mean, you know, nobody was out. You didn't see none of that. None of that even came to light. But now that it's become more of a, a thing almost like um, – uh, you know, kind of inside the locker room, hard knocks type things where you get additional access of what goes on leading up or during training camp. I guarantee they're going to start governing how yeah. practice etiquette is supposed to look like, especially when you're doing inner squad stuff. Yeah, that's why it was so interesting that they, they decided. I mean, the Rams and Bengals almost got in a fight in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Remember that, Wolf? That was like the yeah. turning point of the game. Yeah. Aaron Donald was getting right. ganged up on. And so uh, yeah. to, to have them practice again together. Was that the smartest move? <laughs> well, no. Yeah. Leave him alone. Why would you yeah, wake him up? Right, him alone. right, right, right. Um, also, with uh, with Denver, Russell Wilson getting a five-year, $245 million extension, including $165 million guarantee. Uh, here's Keyshawn Johnson, and I, and I do wonder, I've been wondering for a while what exactly Lamar Jackson is waiting for, and, and Keyshawn saying maybe something like this. They're recorrecting the market now because... Deshaun's deal in Cleveland was an outlier because of the situation in the Cleveland Browns. He's basically a free agent. Yeah. So, yeah, they're recorrecting the market. Lamar will come in slightly around two hundred million, fully guaranteed, and not a penny above that. So, doesn't he have to get this done before like next weekend? If you're Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's the smartest move to make. I mean, in my opinion, especially the way he plays, yeah. right? His risk level of getting injured is already 100% for the most part. Quarterback is probably slightly lighter just because of the nature of the, the football rules. But he exposes himself a lot. And you just never know when that's going to be. And last year he missed games because of being injured. So yeah. the smartest business move is 
to get paid and make sure that you are have solidified your future financially. Not that it's not already done, but you want that type of contract versus playing on, you know, what is this, his fifth-year option and getting hurt and then now never being able to recoup that type of financial freedom moving forward if it's something significant. One of the things that just blew my mind was the fact that here we go again, man. This is the new age of the National Football League in terms of quarterbacks. When you think of Russell Wilson, this deal, this mm-hmm. five-year extension right now, of course, it's he's got two years still remaining on his contract right. and a five-year extension. Seventy, it's going to take him to forty. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. Right? Yeah. I mean, so it is incredible. He, he, Russell Wilson is one of these guys, a dual threat quarterback. A dual threat guy. This is not Tom Brady. No, no, no. And he's going to be 40. This is going to take him to 40. I was really, really surprised to see that, actually. Yeah. I mean, if you're Denver, though, you're you're all in, right? You, you've got your guy now for the foreseeable future. And uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that division is absolutely loaded. But I, I feel like the reason that Denver is getting the love they're getting is obviously Russell Wilson. They want to keep it that way for a while. Yeah, it seems like 30 isn't old anymore. So hopefully it look like these GMs. You know, I, I miss my window. But now it looks like, you know, you, you get old at 34, 35 instead of, you know, when you hit 31, you're no longer old. So that's a, that's a good thing for guys. See, Because you have guys like even like Marcus that's 31, right? Yeah, that, See, that was my paid. problem, man. I was 32, and I felt like 42. <laughs> yeah. You guys can still come back as quarterbacks if you wanted. You still have time to do that. No, I don't want to play that position. Yeah. That's, that's too much stress. Nah. You know what? Honestly, too, they, they, the quarterbacks aren't football players, okay? Yeah, it's just, Here we go. This, they're they're this quarterbacks. Debate. That's what they are. Okay. They're quarterbacks. I'd agree. Uh, well, there's two. You got somebody on your side with this. Who no, knows? <laughs> I mean, come on. They're quarterbacks. They how, have how a completely is, different skill set. How is Zoe Knows not the name of this segment? Just Zoe knows. And Zoe just tells us stuff that Zoe knows. And we have that quote that you said where if you know, you know, and if you don't know, and I'm butchering the quote now. Because <laughs> uh, your eyes are all messed up oh, right now. Been, you can't read it. It has been an, an absolute day. All right. Uh, text us your thoughts to the Fandle text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. How worried should Cardinals fans be about Marcus Golden? The lowdown continues next with 15-year NFL vet Lorenzo Alexander. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeals are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Yeah, Zoe is here, and I think this is a topic... Well, actually, Zoe came up with this topic. He helped us out with the show prep, and it was one we have to talk about, Wolf, because uh got into it a little bit yesterday. I wouldn't say I'm nervous about Marcus Golden playing in week one, but, Zoe, I'd, I'd kind of like to see Marcus Golden back on the field. It's been a full month today. Yeah, I mean, we all would like to see Marcus Golden back out there. Um, uh, his his role on the team is significant. I mean, obviously playing outside backer, rushing, stopping the run, uh, the energy that he brings, the leadership that he brings, right? Some of that is only so impactful when you're not playing, right? It is yeah. not the same hit when you're out, out there uh, on the field in the fire with the rest of the guys. And so, so true. Um, and that matters for this team, right? Especially when we're not quite sure what this defense is going to look like. You don't want 
one of your glue guys, you know, sitting down for whatever reason that may be. I know the toe, we, we talk about the money, whatever that may be. They need to figure it out and get it right so that he's out there week one ready to roll because this team doesn't have a lot of margin of error to, to lose games. Um, and we look at other guys, right? I really like Dennis Gardeck. I'm a, I'm a big Barbarian fan too, <laughs> right? Uh, just the way he came to the league, special teams, and has worked his way into a bigger role on defense. And uh, I've had the opportunity to, to talk with him a little bit and just watch him on film, playing the run real well, physical. His pass rush, um, he had some great pass rushes in, the, in not just past preseason, but the one before that. Just getting off the rock, dipping. So I think he's going to be really good. Watch Cameron a little bit. Um, I know they were making an emphasis for him to be more physical, but he's a young guy that still needs to figure out, you know, what type of rusher he's going to be because you can't run through everybody. You want to be physical, but you want to use that to set up some of your finesse stuff. And so as he develops his his IQ as a rusher, I think he'll be good. And then, um, and then obviously they have a couple other guys. I like their interior guys getting off the rock, pushing the pocket. I saw throughout the uh, the preseason. But it's not like having that premier guy that can he can go get go get some sacks for you. Marcus has. I mean, when he plays, even when he he didn't play, right? So he's had I think ten sacks. Then he went down to four and a half, and that year he only had fifty three percent of the snaps. And then when he jumped back up to eleven, when last year he played like seventy percent of the snaps. So he's going to be productive when he's out there. Yeah, you know, you know what I think of the dog, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, this yeah. This yeah. is this is my dog. Okay, I absolutely love him. Um, honestly, I think that um, the Arizona. Cardinals defense isn't anywhere close to being as good if he's not on the field. Oh, especially yeah. now. Especially right. now with Chandler gone, of course, even though you've got a young guy like Victor Demukeji yeah. that I think is starting to actually develop a little bit. What your thoughts on Victor Demukeji and what you've seen? I like him too. I mean, I like his hustle. I like his 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 intensity. Right, as far as not giving up on rushes, hustling, all that stuff that makes great he's rushes. He's got a little dog in him. He, right, like, that's what I'm saying. He, yes. Yeah, he's he's fighting for his stuff. Right, um, and finishing off rushes where some guys may kind of oh, I don't quite have it. He like turns it to another notch and and wills his way to be impactful on plays. And so I've, I've really liked, especially that I think it was the first game where he really showed out as far as putting stuff together on take you know i want to make sure nobody misconstrues what i'm saying you're obviously a lot better off with chandler jones and we all just wish he was still here but in terms of what vance joseph can do does does he does he approach this season like he has a little more freedom because there's not one pure dominant pass rusher on his defense where he can kind of mix things up a little bit um, I I think he he even did that when Chandler was here. He? Okay. I think he Vance is a guy that is going to uh, do what is needed, right? And so if you got a great um, um, uh, front four and you don't need to blitz or need to dial up things, he's not going to do it. But I think even last year with Chandler, there were times and moments where you needed to kind of create either some uh, simulated pressure right where they think you're blitzing where you really still rushing four and you have you know you've overloaded a side or uh you rush five or you rush six blitz six right where you're changing things up to give the quarterback and that offensive line some different things they have to look at and he does a great job at that will he be more creative this year um i think so especially when you have the star backer right you got a, a freak like isaiah simmons where you can have some packages where he's a defensive lineman and maybe he, he blitzes it, but he's 
one time, but the next time it's the same look, and he's coming out and he's covering or dropping into his zone. He's at safety. You know, what is he doing back there? So it's going to really be creative where he puts him and how he moves him around, where the quarterback in the in the offensive line have to be able to ID him. And if they ID him wrong or put him in the wrong position, it can cost them where they have free runners at the quarterback. And so I think because of his personnel, especially with Isaiah, him developing to that next level now, it's going to give him freedom to dial up some more creative things because Isaiah can obviously handle it because he's got the green dot. We've seen him move around all the time, and I think that's really going to allow this defense to be special in some ways, especially if you get a couple of other guys to step up their game too. You know, you you asked me this in a not-so-beautiful part of the program. You asked me a little bit about Isaiah and the fact that he had a green dot. And just your thoughts on Isaiah Simmons right now, getting ready to go into 2022. And all of jack of all trades, master of none or master of one. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I used to hate that thing. Jack of all trades and master of none. You know, well, I could be pretty good, pretty elite at three or four things. You know, I'm actually better than you, you know. Uh, so I actually, I, I love what he's doing. You don't necessarily have to have a position. I think Luke, I text Luke all the time. When I'm on the Jack is good. I, see, I, I love it. I, Jack is actually, you know, it's the what, third highest well, card. Or if you don't count aces, you know, I don't know. I don't know. King's court, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But I just said his position. Position is athlete. His position is football player. He's not a linebacker. He's not a safety. He's not a you know a rush edge. He's a he's a football player. He's an athlete, and and that's what I love. And to your point, he's super intelligent, so he can handle all of these things. And so I really love what he's been able to do. I didn't see him. I know he played well last year, but I never saw him taking this next step evolution wise as far as his expectations. Week one for this season. This mine was just hey, I want you to get out there and have play linebacker and be uh, productive for 16 weeks. It was never, oh, you're going to be rushing, you're going to be playing safety, you're going to be playing linebacker, Mm -hmm. you're going to be all over the field. And, oh, by the way, and I'm going to give you the green dot, that was not my expectation for him this year. And so I just want to give, again, a shout-out to Marcus Robinson, who he spent a lot of time with in that safety room this year, who played the game for a long time, has coached it for a long time, to really get Isaiah. Obviously, Isaiah, to your point, you know, takes a lot of onus on himself, but then to have that relationship of another guy that played to help him evolve this quickly is really impressive and so I'm, I'm excited to see who he is and what he brings to this defense yeah. it does it shows a lot of confidence from the team to to say everything you just said Zoe. like okay yeah you were making plays last year but maybe you weren't as consistent as we hoped just yet but they've believed in him from day one and now you're saying okay you're going to play this position but also this and this and this and you're going to get the green dot and you're not even going to play in the preseason because we just want to make sure you are ready and teams don't know what to expect from right. you in week one that says a lot yeah, and that's how you know he's going to be all over the place. We're yeah. going to put a guy out there. But uh, he's shown a lot in practice. I've seen the difference, the confidence level, how he handles himself, you know, challenge and hop. You know, just all those little things when you watch a young guy and how they develop and how they carry themselves has really been cool. Now I want to see it, you know, live. What does it look like versus an opponent, you know, an uncontrolled environment, chaotic, when the team is going to be scheming against you and making and you playing Pat Mahomes. And what does that look like when you line up against some of these guys and, and the evolution of him over the entire season. Not just week one or week two, because a lot of times the first four weeks is just off of great fundamentals flying around. But when teams start game planning for you, once he makes the impact, because I have full expectation he will, how does he make those little adjustments then? So I'm excited. I think he's ready. I think he's capable based on everything that he's shown. You uh, you putting him on Kelsey a lot in week one, I would assume? Yeah. Best not, on best, right? right? Yeah. You know, uh, we saw, and I, and I think he wants that too, because I remember the first time... Uh, 
lining up on uh, Kittles in his first thing, and he kind of got wore out. Now yeah. I think he's ready for that type of challenge mm-hmm. going against an elite tight end week one opening day. Hey, bro, I, I'm, I'm ready now. I'm not that youngster anymore. Let me show you who I am and go out there and be dominant. All right, when we come back, we'll switch over to college football with ASU starting tonight. What would a 16-team college football playoff look like? It's maybe not as far off as you think. The lowdown continues next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is... Nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeals are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. We've talked a lot of NFL, but obviously college football really gets going this weekend. There were a few games last weekend, but ASU gets going tonight against NAU at Sun Devil Stadium. Wolf, I know you're fired up for that also, but uh, West Virginia going up against Pitt. Nothing yeah, it's the backyard brawl, baby. Here we go. And they've got to start every season like this once again. That's the way I want to see. I want to see them schedule it every start of the season. It's the backyard brawl immediately. You like the rivalry right out of the gate, huh? No doubt. Uh, Cal's got UC Davis, right, So. <laughs> look, ASU's got NAU. No, look, I'm not. I'm just trying to make sure you're included. You got NAU? Yeah, no, right? I'm not, yeah, I'm not I know, saying. I know. It's just the way and then you guys got UC Davis, right? Yeah, you know, no, I mean, man. I can't make up. We like, got a slight bill. We go UC Davis, UNLV, then we play Notre Dame. Uh, so we got to we gotta build some confidence in our program before hey, we jump into the fire with some of the big boys, <laughs> just like you guys. But I'll take Cal over ASU any day, especially right now. Now, so yeah. no, this is, let's not act like y'all just uh, these giant beaters over this, there. This is not going to be a Man. fun season for me because I can't say anything. <laughs> the ASU is giving me nothing to work with anymore. Uh, anyway, college football. The uh, there's talk of the playoff expanding, and I, I think I know Wolf. I know where you are on this. Uh, so where are you just on the inevitability that we're going to expand this playoff at some point, whenever it is? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's always good for football when you expand something because you keep more people engaged and more people have opportunity. Um, I don't know if I have, you know, one way or the other, whether they should expand it or not, because it always still comes down to the same kind of schools uh, that are that are going to be relevant in it, regardless how well, let's say, obviously the Pac-12 is, is dying. But even, you know, when you have a couple of teams in there that are really good, let's say, it, they, they're still going to go with a, a three-loss SEC school over uh, 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 one loss, let's say, Pac-12 school that's beaten some good teams, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of, it's always been like that. It's always been a little bit biased, so I'm always rubbed wrong, you know, going to Cal when I did and when I played and, and getting jumped over. So you always have to over overcome those things. But um, I guess it's good. I guess it's good for football when you include more people. No, I, I totally agree with that. I, I think 16 teams, this has been on the horizon for a long, long time right now, and I'm shocked it's taken them this long actually move to that right now again there's no verification of that whatsoever it's still pure speculation as to whether or not it's going to be 16 there's a lot of people talking about 12 right like, once again why, why would you do that if four if four teams is good 
and you make X amount of dollars, <laughs> 16 right. is going to be fantastic, and it's always going to be the money. I right. know I love the fact yeah. you bring up the player. <laughs> I know you fe- I love that. I'm with you on yep. that, Zoe. Where, you know, these kids, it's great for them. They're going to get the opportunity to go out maybe and, and compete in a playoff. And But this is about the money. Oh, okay, and of the course. the fact that they, they, it's taken them this long to actually do it is surprising to me. Yeah, it's probably been some, you know, some pushback from some of the traditionalists, some of the old school minds. Um, I guess the only thing I always have an issue with, though, just in the system in itself, is the subjectivity that's in it. There's no, unlike the NFL, right? Like, I have to earn my way in. I'm not giving it. I'm not doing everything I have to do, and then I got to give it to this committee that's then going to try to figure it out. And I know the morning show was talking about, which I think would be really cool, which is going to leave people out, of course, is moving to more like an NFL system, right? And then you start taking like the division winners. You earn your way into it. Yes. And then there's not like, oh, well, this strength of schedule over here and they played them. And then when they lost and what city were they in? Quality Quality losses are the worst. You got to do it. You know what I mean? So taking, making it more objective and how you get in there where, okay, these are the guidelines. You win your conference or division or whatever they call it. And then we take the next four or five teams that have the best record. These are the tiebreakers. That then, okay, cool, because it's always teams that earn a right, but then because, let's say it's, uh, for me, example, I'll go back to, oh, when I was playing, oh, it's Cal, they supposed to be in the Rose Bowl, but they don't really, this Cal, I'd rather have Texas-Michigan, right, that's not even a traditional game, but because that's a bigger name, more fans, again, more money, yeah. right, I've earned my way, but because it's all about the money then, and it becomes subjective, I can skew it the way I want to, and put the teams in there that I want to. So I'd rather have it more objective where if I earn it, I don't care if you a mid-major, small, they don't know who I am. If I earn my way in, I get in and I have an opportunity to compete regardless of what the outcome may be. I'm sorry that was your experience. Uh, West Virginia wasn't uh, <laughs> Uh, It wasn't like that at all. We walked in, man. Notre Dame was looking at us like, man, these guys, (laughs) they're going to kill us. Um, okay, I'm being a little yeah, facetious right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, and the reason why I'm so passionate with that because my first year we were one and eleven. We were trash. Dumpster bowl at the bottom, toilet bowl. Remember flying to Rutgers because it got that was the year of nine eleven. You know, obviously, shout out to all those people that had to go through that. But our mm-hmm. game got canceled and got pushed to the end of the season. We we're one eleven, had to go out to New Jersey, play on Thanksgiving, hated it, and got we won that game. But it was the toilet bowl. And then fast forward, get Aaron Rodgers, a whole bunch of other great players, Marshawn Lynch, and then we have an opportunity to play in the Rose Bowl. And because it's a money grab. We get left out of the out of the Rose Bowl, yeah. and, and so that's that's why I hate the way the, the current system is right now. So if you're going to expand it, let's also make it more objective. And this is how you get in, not leaving it up to some committee to pick. That that example you gave right there though is the perfect example because Wolf and I were just talking about this earlier. Sports is all about proving it, right? Right. You have a team that okay, the people that vote on who should go to the Rose Bowl or who should be in the playoff or whoever. Don't include a team that has Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynch and, and, you know, a lot of other good players on that Cal team because they just don't know who they are yet. Which that's the essence of sports of like they get there and, and, and those guys get some exposure even earlier playing right. in the Rose Bowl. I, I'm a hundred percent and I think a lot of people are probably a hundred percent with you on that being the biggest problem with college football is it's not, it's not a hundred percent on merit, which is that's what the professional sports are. 
And what they're talking about here, the reason this is coming up today is the College Football Committee is is going to meet virtually uh, tomorrow on Friday. And there is talk of, like you said, Wolf, a 12-team playoff with yeah. the, uh, the six highest-ranked conference champs plus the next six highest-ranked teams. But right there, those next six right. highest-ranked teams are yeah, all just well, going to be <laughs> SEC schools. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the 16-team one. But this is why it's going to happen. And, Wolf, I know you've been saying it's going to happen. But this line right here in the story on ESPN, by choosing to remain at four teams for four more years, the 10 FBS conferences and Notre Dame forfeited roughly $450 million <laughs> in potential revenue. It's almost half a billion. Yeah. Since then, the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 have voiced public support for expansion. <laughs> <laughs> What shocker. a shocker that is yeah. right there, ladies and gentlemen. I wonder what uh, what turned things. But, yeah, look, there's got to be a point, though, as much as, as I would be on board with expansion, and I hope they do something like you're saying, Zoe, although I don't know how or if they're right. motivated to do it. There is a point where you... You can't go past sixteen, right? I mean, you can't. You can't just say, "Well, thirty-two would make us more no. money." Well, sixty-four would make us more money. You got to stop somewhere. Yes, you do at sixteen. It seems like a goodly number, right there. Sixteen, especially when you go ahead and you whittle it down in this new college football playoff era to sixty-eight teams. That's coming. That's what I think is coming. Sixty-eight teams. And so then, why get rid of the BCS? There's going to be. What do you mean? Because that's why they went away from the all the bowl games and they went to the college football playoff because you were getting all of those, you know, small bowl games that no one really wanted to play in. Yeah, but you're. what do you mean? I mean, you're still going to use the college football playoff. That's what they're going to do. They're going to go ahead 34 schools in the Big Ten, 34 schools in the SEC. And only get 16 <laughs> that's teams? That's what it's going to be right there. Yeah, that's what I think. They're going to hold. But will they stop at 16? Yes, I believe. At some point, you got to stop. It's just too much. You keep adding games. I guess you can keep adding them, adding them, adding them. But I think at some point you got to stop to make it competitive and make it, and and, and, and then it creates some like like with the NBA, right? You add all these additional teams. Well, now you got like thirty or sixty six percent of the league in the playoffs. You know what? You kind of take away from the regular season, so you have to cut it off at some point so that the regular season actually matters. Yes. Um, and you have to win certain games to get and earn your way in because if I don't win X amount of games, I can still get in. What's the incentive of, of winning, right? Um, and so, th- again, I think if we do it the way you're talking about with the 68 teams, I think that's enough teams where you can almost, you can make it more objective, merit-based as far as getting in and having, you know, that 16 teams and making it pretty cool. That's the, the balance they haven't found because college football always says, okay, every game matters. Right. But every game doesn't really matter if you can lose three games in the SEC and one in the Pac-12 right. and you still get in from the SEC. Yeah, but it, it'll be real real unique. if Even if they could create something like the soccer, where you get the soccer system, right? Because it's going to be teams outside that 68, right? So if you constantly at the bottom and there's yeah. some teams that are out, like it, they're playing in like, you know, how basketball does it. What's the other term? NIT? Yeah. That can some way jump in. And be a part of that mix eventually. Some, some relegation. Still, some relegation. I think it could be pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm not always looking on the outside because there's going to be some teams. Maybe it's a cow that's looking on the outside and not part of that 68. But I want to be able to get in eventually. What if I have a really good, uh, you know, recruiting class and create something? So I don't know. It's a lot of things you can do. It's with all it. going to come down to money to right. get in. <laughs> I, that's why I'm surprised I'm they didn't I'm do this years you. ago if they just cost themselves half a billion dollars, but they'll make it back. All right, so this was, uh, this was fun as always, man. We appreciate it. Always, man. I appreciate you guys. Yep. Uh, It's Lorenzo Alexander. We're going to come back and take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.